0: Chicago is more than great food, iconic sports, legendary music, and crooked politicians. It's a community of people who, at their core, care about one another and their city. We're chatting with new and native Chicagoans about all things local on The Chicagoan Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to The Chicagoan Podcast. Today I'm joined by Pooja Naik, CEO and owner of Organizing With You, Chicago food influencer, and real estate broker, Pooja, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: What a pleasure. It's been good to know you. Wow,
1: oh, so nice to be here.
0: Yeah. And, and just so many levels, uh, but specifically even just talking with spirituality right away. And uh, you know, like, so I'm excited to, to break down you know, who Pooja is and how we got here.
1: Let's do it.
0: So now tell me, originally not from Chicago. Correct. How long have you been in Chicago and where are you from?
1: I have been in Chicago for um, 13 years. Okay. And I'm originally from Mumbai, which... I used to like to call it Bombay, India. Yeah, yeah. I grew up there and I came to the U.S. when I was 17.
0: And for those that don't know, it went through a name change, right? Bombay or Mumbai? Oh, yeah,
1: the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the city, right? Yeah.
0: So were you there when that happened or was that prior to... It was
1: actually the year after I'd left. Gotcha. So for me, it's still Bombay and will always be Bombay, Interesting. but it's officially Mumbai now.
0: So it's like us here with the Sears Tower and Willow's <laughs> <Yeah>. Tower. Like,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, like, like a little no, bit, a little it's Sears Tower, change. no way. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. That's
0: how funny. So what sparked the move to come out here?
1: Well, uh, my undergraduate studies. So I, my parents, um, uh, I have a little bit of a traveling family and they were moving to Indonesia for my dad's job and the education system there wasn't, for higher education, wasn't really developed at the time. And so I had an option to either continue on and Bombay or to move to the U.S. I have some family here and I was always enamored by the U.S., which I thought all of U.S. was New York City, uh, looked like New York City. And it was a rude awakening for me when I ended up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's so funny. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> I, yeah, so I came here for my undergrad to the University of Pittsburgh.
0: Wow. And, and what about Chicago? What drew you to Chicago?
1: You know, I got my master's at Michigan State.
0: Nice.
1: And so Chicago is like the next big city close to Michigan. So
0: gotcha. No. Moved here. So as I'm, you know, I'm reading off your your titles of, uh, well, obviously CEO and owner. That's you can see yeah. the background for that. But of organizing your food influencer <laughs> and real estate. What did you get your masters in? Uh, <laughs> what did you get your degrees in?
1: Something completely unrelated. Right? <laughs> but I always think you know, no education goes to waste. So I um, have my undergraduate. Um, I have a bachelor's in economics, Okay. and I think life is economics. So that's something that I feel like shows up in my life every day. But I also have my master's in public policy and administration because that was an interest at one point in my life. And I specialize in international development, which i f- feel I do bring in different spheres of my life. There's this influence of that, no matter what I do.
0: A hundred percent.
1: But yes. So then moved from the public sector to entrepreneurship.
0: So what were you doing in the public sector prior to to taking this leap?
1: I actually started um, in a lobbying position at the State Medical Society in Michigan.
0: What?
1: And um, also had an internship at the Senate Fiscal Agency. I was completely headed in a different route and um, did then. Then that job slowly moved into more of a marketing position because my then boss thought I had more of a marketing flair. So that was sort of my foray into marketing and then eventually marketing myself.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, I mean, no education goes away. Exactly. No experience does. You exactly.
1: Know. The skill set you develop is like you know, immeasurable.
0: Now, I can appreciate organi- uh, organization, like, I want to say more than anyone, but, like, I really do think it's freedom. It's it's the ability to move about freely and know where things are at. And, um, but it goes so much deeper than that, right? Yeah. And even the way that you think about life, it, 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 there's an organization to your thoughts, even, yeah. right? How did you start this company? What was the motivation behind <laughs> it? Tell me just about you personally. Uh, yeah, that led it's to this.
1: a great question. Great story. I've said this many times. I... Long story short, wanted to channel my OCD. <laughs> um, I, I think I had OCD as a child. You know, everything had to be in, like, uh, you know, um, geometrical fashion. And I and I didn't even like to sh- have people over because I thought they were going to ruin my systems. And so this was like, you know what, why don't you make a business out of it and monetize it? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's well, a problem, you right? my but, life. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I... I want you know I had the entrepreneurial spirit I wanted to tap into and I wanted to see if I could do something to help people but I didn't know what at the time this was in 2009 so almost 13 14 years ago and I started researching you know and organizing and seeing you know are people even pay me to do this is there even any value and so I did some research and I found that there were professional organizers. There was a National Association of Professional Organizers called NAPO, a national one a Chicago affiliated chapter. And so I did some research, started reading some books. And I first started, I was like, I'm going to launch this. And then the, I, I was one of the first few organizing companies or organizers, professional organizers in Chicago. And I said, you know, let me work for free. Let me see if I add value, if I'm getting the feedback I'm looking for. And then let me charge. So I've worked for free for the first many clients and first many sessions. And once I said, you know, okay, you know, I used to work, you know, maybe help a colleague or maybe a neighbor or maybe a friend. And slowly I started to see, you know, the the feedback I was receiving. And I thought, okay, this work is meaningful and it makes a difference in people's lives, productivity, but mental well-being too. So for me, I think um, one of the... Um, the essence of my business is really like that we share a cause and effect relationship with our space. If if you notice, you know, if your space is in a disarray, your mind is. And if your mind is, it's going to affect your space. And this happens with everybody. Mm-hmm. So we owe it to ourselves to have some kind of an organizational system or something that reflects us and helps us maintain that because our space is a sanctuary and nothing more than the pandemic has proven that because people now are in cooped up spaces, they're sharing spaces with other people, their roommates or their significant others. And the need to be organized has become even more tenfold.
0: A hundred percent.
1: So I, and at the time I didn't know about the pandemic, obviously, or I had a vision on that, but I just knew how, that- how
0: long, how long have you been doing this stuff for?
1: For, since 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah, so- That's a long time. Over a decade, yeah. yeah.
0: That, so now, what have you noticed? Because that, that is a long time in terms of uh, uh, even a culture shift, right? That a lot can happen in, mm-hmm. in a decade. And now it's been, man, 13 years. So yeah. What have you noticed in terms of what the way people buy stuff or the things that we value? Because you hear about it, right? That it's experiences over things. Yeah. And, you know, now relationships over even things and experiences. So, you know, there, or even the minimalist kind of movement. Yeah. What have you noticed uh, here locally in Chicago that, people are gravitating more towards as they move into being consciously organized.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I think consumerism is so ingrained in the American (laughs) fabric, you know, in our system that we're not able to move away from it. I still will have clients sometimes ask, you know, okay, so we're starting the session. What should I buy? And and I I don't blame them. You know, you, you sometimes think, okay, maybe if I bought this, it would resolve this issue. And I'm constantly telling my clients, I will not put product before process. I want to see your space. I want to work with you. I want to see your habits, the way you live, the way you function. And then we can decide if buying something makes sense or we can repurpose things. But I have seen that shift at the same time. More and more people are looking to repurpose and reuse things, which is a nice shift to see. Um, But I wish for us as you know a country and a nation to maybe able to have more of the hey let's reuse let's see where we can you know and also the way we look at space you know it's always like i need to make more space for the things i buy versus you know why don't i make more space by getting rid of things that i don't need (laughs) right
0: now do you think that there's a difference like when it comes to midwest culture versus like east coast or west coast or is it just people are people
1: Yeah, I think people are people, to be honest. I I see more culturally around countries. Mm. So with India, you know, I grew up in a flat, in a two-bedroom flat with many family members living together. It was like a joint family setting. And we had very little. We had no concept of space, our own space. We shared a room with my brother and sometimes my grandparents. And so... The idea of minimalism was there because you didn't have a choice.
0: Right, right,
1: But that culture is leaning more towards now. Oh, we're getting more space. We can afford more things. We're more globalized. You're getting influenced by the West. And then the Western cultures are moving more towards let's have a Zen space. Right, right. So it's this, you know, it's almost like the cycle. So I would l- I'd like to see where we all end up. But I'd like to say I have more of an impact on people and i've worked with hundreds of clients but i want to make sure that you know if in my part i can help people understand that you know buying things is not the solution absolutely
0: yeah um on that if you don't mind me asking because you brought up zen yeah you know just about we were talking about uh, your buddhist uh, uh, practice and how, yeah. uh tell me how you got into that and just because i, I you know i don't know if we went to the same place in the same temple but like i was telling you how i also went to one in, here in chicago that taught me how to meditate you yeah. know and i was like went through that whole thing so how did you get on that journey and how did you find it here in, in your community here in chicago
1: yeah i love talking about this my favorite question i um so i grew up hindu um i'm not big into labels but that's how i grew up and hinduism for me was more cultural more about festivals and food and togetherness and I I love it, right? Like there's so many amazing memories attached to it. But I um, thought that I was seeking something deeper and I wasn't finding it because I didn't study it. I didn't understand it. I just blindly practiced it. It was, you know, passed along to me from my parents and to them, from my grandparents. So it was just something we all just fell into. So about over 10 years ago, again, I, I... I had this gnawing feeling that there was more to life. There was more to life than just going to a restaurant or paying my bills. And I had this almost a spiritual calling and I felt like I wanted to do more and I was also struggling with the health issue and I um just wanted to get a deeper meaning into life in general. Sure. And mm-hmm. I my my best friend, my childhood friend growing up, you know, called me one day and I was you know really down about life and she said, you know, why don't you try this chant and and it's called nam Horengekyo, And I said, what? What is this? It sounds weird. Like, why would I do this? And she's like, just try it. So I tried it and I felt peaceful. I felt good. But I was like, maybe this is like a placebo. You know, I don't know. But I kept trying it. I was, you know, while doing laundry or whatever. And I said, okay, you've got my attention. And so she explained to me about this Buddhist um, organization called Sukagakai, SGI. And... Turns out at the time that the center in Chicago was in my backyard, and I would walk by it every day, just thinking wow. it was some sort of a cult, and never investigating it. Wow. Never judge a book by its cover, right? Right. So I went into the center, and the rest is history. I became ingrained in the practice, and it has completely changed my life, grounded me. Uh, it's a big part of my daily routine. My Buddhist district and my center is a big part, and I, you know, again, it's spiritual philosophy. It's a way of life. So. People are practicing other religions and still adopting this philosophy. There's no, like, you have to go on this day to the center or this temple. Or you have to practice at the temple. You can have an altar at home. It gives you a focal point for meditation. But it's really, I think chanting has provided me a little more than just closed eye meditation because the chanting provides a cadence and a rhythmic, and it changes the rhythm and the energy field in your body. So I really have had more. That I've gotten out of it, and I highly recommend it. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, it's so cool the the, the convergence of, of cultures and practices that yeah. allow you to to kind of find you know your truth in this. Now, what I guess the the I'd love to know like your perspective of just what you thought America was, but even just Chicago and those things, and now being here, like what are those some of those things that you think people take for granted? Uh, being born and raised in Chicago, that don't get to appreciate just the, the like, yeah, the diversity and in, and in, in cultures like that.
1: Yeah, man, um, America really is so fortunate, and I know we don't think that and we berate ourselves a lot, but we have a wealth of diversity here and experiences that we can tap into. So I will say that, what so the first thing I'll say is that Americans don't take enough advantage of travel. Their passport can let them go pretty much anywhere without requiring a visa, and they do not travel enough. I see, I do not see, as Americans start traveling more because your passport is a golden ticket. And it's, I know this from when I had an Indian passport and how hard it was to get to certain countries and just to even go for travel or for tourism. So I highly recommend travel, because travel will change your soul, I think, I believe, at a very, very fundamental level. The minute you step outside the country, no matter where you are, what culture you are, you realize, okay, my way of doing things is not the only way. People are living on the same planet I'm living on and doing things very differently. And there's so much more to learn. It's humbling, it's grounding, and it's eye-opening. You know, not just from a food and whatever perspective, but, oh, my gosh, like, this is also another way to look at things. And so then you can apply that flexibility and that understanding in your job or in your relationship. So travel is huge.
0: And it's hard to appreciate something when you don't have a basis for comparison. Exactly. Right? I mean, you assume that this is just how it is. You're right. I mean, your your whole world gets blown up when you see this is how other people Shake it. on the same planet are having a totally different experience than me. Totally different. And even, I guess I didn't even appreciate fully like the travel part of, of yeah, your, your citizenship affords you the opportunity to travel freely throughout the world, which mm-hmm. I, I, I did take that for granted, that coming from other countries, even family in Mexico, they're like, I have to apply for a visa. I have my passport, but I have to apply to be able to go to the country. It's crazy. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So I, you, you, you you got it. Like, it's just, it's just, we do not realize what we have. And then for Chicago, I would say we don't realize what big of a food city we are. Right. We just count it by thinking, you know, we're the Midwest. We're not New York City. We're not LA. Even with my my blog, you know, when I launched and we can talk more
0: about that. Yeah, I'm but, excited to get into that.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, I just, hey, like you, I've traveled a fair bit in my lifetime and I've lived in Chicago for a big part of it. And I will say, no matter where I go, I'll say, oh, wow, Chicago might do this better or Chicago hasn't already introduced me to this. So there is that, you know, food wise I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. So I would say the the recognition of like hey you've got a wealth of good food a food gem right here take advantage of it
0: so tell me about that because so chicago pescatarian right um that's your 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 handle your instagram Mm -hmm. name that um i was kind of shocked to find out that no one was really focused on food and seafood right or you know like uh, the seafood aspect of food um but here you are doing it pioneering it tell me what how you got started with that specifically and and (laughs) you know like what was the motivation behind it but also what you've learned uh kind of pioneering in that uh like where you're you're taking a focus on what i perceive is something that everyone loves for the most part in chicago right
1: yeah me too i would hope so and you know i think i always say that everyone in chicago is a foodie whether they like to admit it or not we are spoiled yep and it's it's best we just admit it, uh, but 100%. you know, I, we are Everyone spoiled. has strong
0: opinions. Everyone about... has
1: strong opinions. Everyone has a Yelp review about yeah. <laughs> some, something they ate or tried, but in the end, we're very blessed. We have a really good food scene. So yeah, to talk about Chicago Pescatarian, I, again, you know, um, they always say, you know, if you're going to start a blog, you're going to be an influencer, have an outlet and this and that, but really, it it needs to come from a place of like a niche, you know, you really have something to offer that hasn't been explored. And to this date, I am probably the only or one of the only few seafood bloggers in Chicago. So a lot of people write it off thinking, okay, we're not Maine, we're not on the coast, we're not on the East Coast, we're in the Midwest. You know, we're meat and potatoes, like we don't have seafood to talk about. Yeah, but we do, you know, and when I discovered that, I'm like, okay, I want to give a platform to chefs, to restaurants that are doing seafood well. We're a food city already, and everybody's recognizing that and knows that. Yeah. But we're a seafood city, too. We do really good seafood. And before that, so the way I came about to, to even starting wanting to start a food blog or talk about the pescatarian lifestyle, I... Um, about. 11 or 12 years ago. So I used to eat everything except beef, which was for religious purposes. But I ate chicken and I I ate meat. And I was on the flight to Bermuda. I remember I was on my way to Bermuda and I ordered a chicken sandwich and I saw little cubes of chicken and it just grossed me out. And literally I couldn't eat meat after that. So when people ask me if there was some defining moment, that was probably it. But it wasn't (laughs) based on just some animal cruelty video. I saw anything. All of that now resonates with me. But at the time, it was just that one moment, that one experience. And so I decided to become vegetarian. But I grew up on the coast in Mumbai, Mm. Bombay. I grew up in a fish-eating family. Mm. My earliest memories were going with my grandfather to uh, the sea and getting the fresh fish that the fisherman had just caught and bringing the crabs and dumping like the whole bag into the kitchen sink and this and that. So I have always loved seafood and it was a big part of my staple growing up. So I just realized, you know, so I tried to give up fish too, but I came back to it. Mm. But then I realized fish eating or pescatarian was a happy medium for me because I missed the taste of fish, but it was also healthy and I was getting, I you know, the omega-3s and you know, the the vitamin D. And so I said, okay, I'm going to explore this more and then I'm going to share it.
0: And that's how that was it?
1: That's how that was it.
0: And now it seems like it's really taken off though.
1: It has, yeah. And I think, you know, it's morphed into more than just seafood. I'm talking about other food. I'm talking about lifestyle or travel or sometimes fitness, you know, things like that. But so it's become all encompassing. Because once you start to have a sphere of influence, the influence doesn't have to be limited.
0: And it, and it can't be right? It, I mean it, yeah. it transmutes everything that you do. So exactly. um the 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 pescatarian lifestyle is a lifestyle.
1: It's a lifestyle. Yeah, and it includes everything, right?
0: Now, <laughs> tell me about the brand that you're trying to build then. Like what 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 do you want to be known for in Chicago as this kind of multi-faceted individual that CEO of this company, but then also doing real estate and then you have, you know, this influence in the food world and now kind of lifestyle world.
1: Ah, uh, that's a tough question. My parents ask me that all the time. Like,
0: yeah.
1: are you going to be jack of all trades? Like, and, you know, focus on one thing.
0: What are you going to be when you grow up? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know yet.
0: But, I, you know, do I have to choose? Like, I don't no. have to choose. No, but just the brand. Like, the what bra- do you, like, yeah, like, yeah. you want to be known for?
1: I think I want to be known for um, the, you know, the girl from India, a minority woman who really didn't think that she could ever be an entrepreneur because I... I grew up in such a society where it was like, get a job, have stability, don't take risks, you know, uh, be financially secure, et cetera. And I took those risks. So I want to be known as the girl who takes risks. And I want that to be my brand and have that impact on other women who want to take risks, like take the risk, you know, and you want to try more than one thing, try more than one thing. And if you fail at two out of those three, fine, focus on the one that you didn't fail at, but that's okay, you know. But ultimately, everything that I do, from organizing or to food, is all has an element of wellness to it, or my spirituality, all has an element of wellness to it. It's about just having a better life. Absolutely. And so, you know, the woman who takes risks and helps you have a better
0: life. That's amazing. And I guess on that, what advice would you give to those women who they hear your message and they're, they're they're feel inspired by it, but they're like, but but but, you know, and everyone has their whatever that is for them, right? That keeps them. moving forward what advice would you give to overcoming that uh that doubt that fear that you know we all face but that you have obviously uh leaned into and overcome on some level
1: i have a good answer for that one so listen to your inner voice and i know it sounds cliche but i will expand on that so when i was launching my organizing business i had a lot of people say so you want to go clean people's homes that's what you want to do you have a master's degree and you want to clean people's homes no, I want to help them organize. So there was not a lot of understanding about it. And today it's like, oh, you're the CEO of organizing with you.
0: Mm.
1: You have a team that works for you. You have a company. Same with the food. You want to start a food blog for seafood in the Midwest? You really want to go there? It's, you know, are you going to be able to monetize this? Does it, you know what, it doesn't matter. I want to talk. I want to have my I have my passion on seafood. It doesn't matter if I'm in Chicago. I will find the seafood gens mm-hmm. and talk about it. So I would say, listen to your inner voice and don't let the outside voice get to you. Because if it gets to you, you will give up on something and you'll never explore it. And two, you know, whatever, have some element of spirituality in your life, however that is. It could be going for a walk is a spiritual process if you want, because you're alone with your thoughts. It could be meditation, whatever, because it grounds you and it doesn't let your success get to your head. It makes you realize no matter what you do, you're a very tiny speck in this whole universe, you know, and I... Not to sound so profound, but I think it, grounding is important, you know.
0: No, and there's a, a comfort in knowing that, you yeah. know, especially when you are grounded, you feel connected to it. And that's oh, amazing. That's amazing. So for those listening who, who love what you're saying, want to learn more, follow you, uh, how can they do that?
1: Great. Yeah. So for my organizing, you know, I have my website, www.organizingwithyou.com. It's all one word, all spelled out. And for my food blog, I'd say just follow me on Instagram at Chicago Pescatarian dot no, Chicago Pescatarian. But it's P-E-S-C-E, not P-E-S-C-A, which is like a spelling. A lot of people think it's pescatarian and then they can't find me.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for coming in, sharing your story, but also just, you know, being a part of our community. It's uh, it's amazing to have people like you and just the energy they bring.
1: Thank you, Tony. And thank you for taking my message out there. And it's it's really, I'm really honored to be here.